Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to Leading Better and Growing Faster with Joe and TJ. I'm Joe. And I'm TJ. And we are The Schoolhouse 302. Where you can find blog posts, podcasts with expert guests, curated book recommendations, and our genius thoughts. Always on a topic that is proven to help you lead better and grow faster. If you want to support the show, all you have to do is hit us with a like, a share, a follow, or a comment. On our site or on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you access our material. Again, thanks for listening and for leading better and growing faster with us. Here we go with another great episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Leading Better and Growing Faster with Joe and TJ. We are totally focused today on how school leaders can view problems as possibilities, ultimately to improve their schools. We know that it's so critical how we view problems because we can easily, TJ, find ourselves mired in, you know, a pit and we're uncertain how to get out of it. It's so true. It's incredible what our brains and what our thinking does to us just gets us trapped in certain ways of going about our day. It's why we opened up the recent blog with the Groundhog Day, because every day is the same and could be miserable if you don't think about it differently. Yeah, it's funny you say that about could be miserable. I'm going to run through All I did was look at a few of my emails over the last two days to see what was coming at me from different news sources in education all around. We all subscribe to different things. I'm not going to list them to call anybody out. But on the top of a lot of people's list is chat GPT. I'm impressed with this thing, but definitely something concerning to educators. Unfinished learning is always present in our world. Pre-COVID and post-COVID, just now there's a magnifying glass on it. School climate, we've seen an increase in student discipline. Then there's also the teacher shortage. I mean, this is something that's weighing on all of us. We're in February. We're about to go into the hiring season. And I know HR directors are getting nervous. You know, ESSER funds are starting to run out. So even if you did have somebody, but you funded them through the ESSER funds, what are you going to do? We're facing that cliff, as you'll see it on a lot of news headlines. But all of those are real issues. Important that we frame them differently. And we have to remain in a space where we can be productive. Because everything I just listed can quickly, quickly mire us in negativity, prevent us from seeing opportunities. And that's why we really featured, you know, minding your mental map this month. A hundred percent. And for listeners out there, there's three primary things we're asking you to do with some subcategories underneath. But to Joe's point, the first thing we need to do is take control of our thinking and flip it. I love what Tim Ferriss always says in his introduction to his podcast about what if I decide to do the exact opposite of what everybody else is doing or what everybody else is thinking. And that's when we come upon a challenge. We need to reframe it as an opportunity. Take chat 
GPT. Everybody's so worried about the end of the essay. Students are going to cheat. I would turn that on its side and say, look, what kind of innovation is this and how can it be used for analysis and looking at essays differently in the classroom to really spark uh, student thinking and push the way that we teach kids and forget about cheating. Cheating in general, we should think about totally differently. Why is it that kids are cheating? right? In the first place, what about the assignment or learning gets them feeling compelled to make that decision? And so chat GPT, I'm glad you brought that up because that is a spot where we could flip our thinking and think about the innovations and find the people who are thinking that way versus the naysayers and the doomsday thinkers. And that's why we also put in that section, Joe, think with your team, make sure you get outside of your own head and find other people who can reframe this problem. The second thing that we wrote about in that recent blog is don't jump to judge because it's so easy right now, especially in the world that we live, to judge people by an action and not by an intention. We judge people by their actions. We judge ourselves by our intentions. And we need to flip that type of judgment as well and start to think about people's intentions, draw out the difference between being a coach versus being a judge, and assume positive intent in the people around us. And then the last one I want to bring up is near and dear to my heart, which is adapt, don't adopt. Boy, oh boy, I actually hope the leaders in my own organization are listening to this because a lot of times I think we take what an expert says or what our boss says as gospel and we try to implement it outside of the context of that scenario. It doesn't go well, right? So anything from a curriculum to some type of program that you're implementing or just a formula for success in your school, it has to be adapted to meet the needs of your scenario, not adopted. So I know there's more to say about this, Joe, but we've got to get people to mind their mental map in those three particular areas. And TJ, I want to focus on something you just mentioned, and I don't want to lose sight of it. And that is thinking with your team. Because that is very critical. Very often, you know, we can get mired in thoughts because we have like a pattern of thinking, whether we realize it or not, right? There's always a route to some way and where we go. And sometimes that may be with an individual, right? And that route has been ingrained. So even if you see them, you may have a reaction to them. So we always can't trust what we're thinking or feeling. We have to be careful of sabotaging thoughts and ideas. And I have found one way to really hone in on what you said about being innovative, you know, analyzing things. Where are the potentials within this issue is with your team. Lay out the problem. Just lay it out there. See what people can come up with. And don't put the burden fully on you. And I want to also clarify, we're not talking about a crisis here. This isn't something that like suddenly flares up and you're dealing with a crisis. These are what I mentioned earlier. These kind of, you know, issues that just are with us. Chat GPT might be new, but the problem isn't. Cheating isn't new. Plagiarism isn't new. You know, and us finding creative ways to advance our society is something we're trying to teach our kids. So we can't stifle and teach simultaneously. I just heard someone say that they're going to use ChatGPT to help with IEPs. Now, I don't know how well it's going to come about and they're still in their infancy, but I thought that was brilliant. You know, a brilliant way to use this and adults 
harness it versus suddenly being afraid of this tool. I mean, all I needed to do is start tweeting for me. If I could get it to do my tweets, I'd be ecstatic. Yeah, I need uh, chat GPT to do your tweets too. I think that it just that whole point about flipping it on its side, thinking about it differently. We referenced recently too how successful people think. And this is some of the tips that you'll get from people like John Maxwell and other leaders who espouse the idea that you need to understand context, that you shouldn't jump to judge, and that it's really important to adapt to your scenario. And something that you talk about all the time, Joe, is perceptual illusion. Thinking that we know something or especially thinking that we know a lot about something that we don't. And so that's really slowing things down, taking a deep breath, doing the research, thinking with a team and just minding that mental map forward so that you're not stuck in Groundhog Day like we see every February. Yeah, and I think, TJ, I'm going to dive in, and you know I'm a big fan of perceptual illusion because we don't see it certain ways. And you're right, we can get stuck in Groundhog Day. It's a great movie if you haven't watched it. Bill Murray's classic, you know, in this film. But when we suffer from this, it's we think things should be a certain way. So we're not even really interpreting this situation the way it's presented to us. We're actually changing it to begin with. And we don't even know we are changing it. And that's what's crazy. And so if we're not so aware as leaders of how we're thinking, how can we lead effectively? How can you give people really clear, concise, direct feedback that's going to improve their situation? How can we go ahead and, you know, look and analyze a problem and then direct people to carry out, you know, the way to solve it if we don't even see it correctly? So it's not so much you know, with perceptual illusion that you have to overthink this, just got to remember, like, look, my past practice, my past experiences influence me. They just do. And I think having that in your bag at all times is just a nice little quick way for you to step back from the problem, right? We have the issue. We step back from it. We can then evaluate. And then from that evaluation, say, all right, am I seeing this from all correct angles? In my meetings all the time, I would like to think I'm famous for saying this. I'm not sure if I actually say it's famous at this point. I don't know what that threshold is, but I always ask, what don't we see? Or what am I not seeing right here? And that goes for anything, TJ, you know, a situation we're dealing with, but also even like data. We get presented with data. What don't we see? What is this data actually not telling us? Not what it is telling us. That's a totally different approach to solving problems, mining your mental map. And I'm going to use that too moving forward. What don't we see? What aren't we talking about? What's coming around the corner? What's going to hit us hard that we're not thinking about today? There you have it, folks. Mind your mental map, man. Your mind is mapping your path forward. Are you in control of it or not? And so there you have it. Go to the site, theschoolhouse302.com for blog posts, podcasts, books to read, recommendations from Joe and TJ, leaning better and growing faster. And we'll see you next time.
Hey leaders, before you go, one more announcement. We now have available for you our candid and compassionate feedback masterclass. Really, because of high demand, we are thrilled to offer this. This is a course that we run live and in person all the time and leaders love it. They learn to give feedback with skills that they can use right away, including better praise to lift and celebrate your team. It's now available in a virtual online format that you can take on your own, self-paced, from the comfort of your office or home. Here's what you'll get. There are 11 lessons with a focus on nine candor cancellations that we wrote in our Candid and Compassionate Feedback book. These are mistakes that leaders make that we don't want you to make anymore. We'll teach you models so that your feedback is meaningful and we'll give you tools necessary to build the culture that you always wanted. Trust us, without these critical skills, you're not capitalizing on your own capacity to lead better and grow faster. Go to the site, theschoolhouse302.com, click on shop courses, add this course to your cart and start learning today.